Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. And we are on number two. Officially the second podcast ever. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good about this and uh, excited to uh, share the information. So today we will be talking about problems in BJJ. BJJ problems and how we fix them. Mm. So I think possibly the most common problems are tight hip flexors, sore lower backs as a result, rounded posture, all the kind of guard pulling, wrestling, hunch posture, and then sore elbows and sore knees. Yep, I'd say that sort of hits the key areas that jiu-jitsu folks complain of. Definitely. And, you know, I, I feel this all the time. I, I mean, I've been, you know, grappling, training, uh, 13 years, and these are, this is the continual uh, work in progress, is trying to make sure that we can kind of undo the ills that jiu-jitsu does to us. Um, and, yeah, I think first cab off the rank, let's talk about how do we fix tight hip flexors because we're always playing guard we're always getting in tight awkward spots getting our knees jammed into our ribs how do we solve this problem well maybe um just before we rip into that i was thinking it could be cool to explain to folks why this shit happens and what's actually happening in the body when you when you're reinforcing these these positions and how that sort of carries over to you being stuck in this position yes um in a real simple way, right, for folks, you, your body is really good at adapting to whatever position you spend the most amount of time in. So if you sit down all the time, your body starts to take on the shape of someone that's sitting all the time. Uh, if you play a lot of jiu-jitsu, you start to take on that shape. And you can see this amongst athletes. Jiu-jitsu people look like jiu-jitsu people, yes. right? That's why they, we all have this kind of similar posture kind of, a, hey, sort of, sort of thing, because we're all... Rounded and you can see it a mile away. Fun. Yeah, but then like you see a surfer, and they're always like surfers, are always like chest out, shoulders are back, very upright in the in the upper spine, uh, you know. And so that goes on, obviously, for for sports and and uh, people job descriptions and whatever. Uh, the the issue is is that when the position that's being enforced is not a good one. Yep. When I say not a good one, I suppose one that is creating large amounts of imbalance in your body, then you start to get other issues that flow off as a result of this. And what we're talking about in addressing these key areas is really trying to restore some balance so that you're not suffering from these things down the track. Yeah, definitely. If you're not aware of it, you only got to look at your counterparts at training. Look at the, look at the fucking brown and black belts. They usually look like shit, right? Like <laughs> yeah. posturally and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I guess you, you admire a person's jiu-jitsu, but you think, oh, do, do I want to be like that off the mat? Maybe not. Um, yeah, and I think that's, that's, a big, that's a big deal because we, we fall in love with jiu-jitsu. We find this thing is so great. We want to do it all the time, but there is a hidden cost. And that, that hidden cost is wear and tear on your body. And so the, the secret subtext or the, the fine print you don't read is we're going to have to do some maintenance if we don't want to be crippled old people by the time we're 25. Like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So I think um, 
We have to spend some time because what I see a lot of is uh, jiu-jitsu people are like, right, I've got to just do the moves that are going to make me better for jiu-jitsu. So they spend a lot of time when they're not doing jiu-jitsu, uh, whether they're trying to replicate jiu-jitsu movements with weights or whatever it might be, um, just, uh, just reinforcing those things which are leading them towards injury. Even though at that point in time, it feels fine. Like people are like, oh, I'm good for now, mm. you know, a bit achy. But then at a critical point, Injury occurs, and you're all good until you, until you're not, and that's because people are just spending time reinforcing, in in some ways, what we would say uh, bad habits because it's leading them to injury. Yes. So uh, a, a simple kind of um, explanation, I guess, of that is like, say you train jujitsu four times a week, and you play heaps of guard. You're 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 a solid guard era, and that's your thing. Um, you have already. Uh, very, a lot of tension in your hip flexors, and we're yes. getting to the hip flexors. Hip flexors get really tight, overdeveloped, um, which is great, right? Helps you helps you to play guard. But let's say you go to the gym a few days a week, and you're like, "Man, I want to get stronger for jujitsu." So you start doing all of these exercises that make your hip flexors even stronger. What's happening there is that the whole time you're developing your hip flexors, your glutes are not being developed. That's the muscles on the opposite side of the joint, on the yes, back of the hip, and all you're doing is just sort of turbocharging the rate at which you're digging this hole into imbalance. So the way we're talking about it is like, all right, we've got to acknowledge that you're going to be developing really strong, solid hip flexors in your jiu-jitsu. Why not use your time in the gym to start to develop the glutes, the other side of the hip, so that you have more balance to the body, so that you experience less back pain. Yes. You experience a better general posture, you know, you're not fucking sore every time you wake up. You know, there's a whole list of things, but that's really, it's like, no, you don't have to do more of the thing you're already doing. Yes. Let's do some of the shit you're not doing. That's right, yeah. And I think we've probably all had this experience where we've gone to jiu-jitsu, we've trained really hard, we're full of adrenaline, we feel elastic and gymnastic and fantastic. We go sit in the car, we're in the car, we drive half an hour, 45 minutes, the adrenaline wears off. You go to get out the car and you're like, oh, what, what have I done? Yeah. And then it's just because you didn't take the time. And then what you've done is you've cooled down in a flexed position. Like sitting in a car is possibly the worst thing. And I've experienced this uh, just coming off the mats from training for two, two and a half hours teaching as well and then driving for an hour. And, and just the sitting in the driving is the like really bad thing. But that's, that's because a lot of these things are things that are occurring in our day-to-day lives. And if we don't put at least you know, 10% of our time into evening ourselves out, balancing ourselves out, we are eventually going to get injuries. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of addressing hip flexor tightness, what is your – when you're looking at that, Joey, what are you thinking? I th- the first thing I, I think for, for people – like if I'm working with a, a jiu-jitsu person and it's like, all right, let's take a look at where you're at and let's address this thing, you can always – you always know that the hip flexors are going to be tight. Yes. Because the guard involves, like you said before – pulling the knee in towards the torso, which is hip flexion, right? And that just means you're constantly activating the hip flexors. Now, um, the first thing I think is important is to show someone how tight they are. Yes. Right, to bring that awareness. So uh, the wall lunge, which if you do the program, you know this stretch, we use it all throughout the program, but uh, super couch stretch, wall lunge, same kind of deal. Um, Get them into this position against the wall. Yes. Show Show them kind of like an ideal sort of baseline and say, all right, now you try. And then someone gives it a go and they're 
you know, they can't get struggle. into the struggle, right? Ah, fuck, it hurts. You know, their oh. body's contorted, pain face, all that. Mm. And it's like, okay, so now you see that that part of your body is really super tight. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, and then I give a little explanation about how it's going to cause some back issues and blah, blah, blah. Um, then I start stretching the fucking thing. Yeah, that's definitely. You know, right? Like, what's your approach? Oh, no, I'm, no. Our approach is the same. I think we, we essentially, we think exactly the same thing, uh, just probably articulated differently. But the, I, I would say exactly the same thing. And what I think is super powerful is when you couple the, uh, like, stretching and mobility work with strengthening work. Like, that, that isn't just a double effect. It's a tri- triple and quadruple effect in terms of when you strengthen an inactive muscle or an uh, underactive muscle, and then you uh, also try to disengage and, 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 and uh, down, downgrade the activity in an overactive muscle, straight up within like one session, someone's like, oh man, my hip feels better. Oh, I can squat a bit better. And you're just like, yeah, it's, it, it, to, to a person who's not aware, it feels like magic. You're like, oh, what? I, I, didn't, I didn't have to put up with this bullshit for so long. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't actually, but it's not something that you can just know. Like, you know, we, both you and I have been spending a long time thinking about this problem, working on this problem, solving this problem for grapplers and, and general humans alike. And I think, you know, until somebody shows you, same thing with jujitsu technique, right? Like you're doing the same pass or the same sweep like for years and then you, I don't know, you meet a world champion or you meet someone who's an expert at that thing and they say, hey man, change this detail and do this. And you're like, God. Finally, I knew this five years ago. Yeah, yeah. How, how did I not know that? How did I not know that? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, there's such a, a world of intricacy and nuance that once you get into it and you start breaking it down and someone actually shows you, hey, you don't have to put up with this back pain. You don't have to have shitty hip flexors to have a good guard. Then you just you can adopt that new approach and it helps. Yeah. So I, I think that's, that's where I think, you know, what we're doing with the program in terms of just being able to work on hip extension, get people's glutes working and being able to stand straight and then open up those hip flexors is not taking away from people's jujitsu. It's just adding to their day-to-day lives. Yes, that's right. And I think, I mean, people don't realize that they're in pain usually until they're out of it. Yes. Right? And yeah. then and then they're like, oh man, like I'm sleeping better and I actually like feel half decent when I wake up in the mornings after training. And you're like, could you put even put a value on that? Like, you know, like feeling like shit every morning, not really sleeping that excellent to now sleeping a bit better, feeling a bit better every morning. Like, man, that's quite a substantial improvement to the quality of your life. Oh, massive, right? Massive. And, no, and not to mention, mention like your athleticism, you know, your ability to produce force on the mat. Um, even it, like how you look because you're standing straighter, your posture is better. Mm. You're able to build more muscle because your gym work is more effective. Like there's just so many good things. It's cumulative. Yeah. yeah it, it builds. And yeah. uh, I was having a conversation yesterday with a good friend of mine. I won't name him, but he uh, was saying to me oh, how, how much- Name him. I will not name him. <laughs> no. uh, Justin. Uh, <clears throat> uh, he was saying how he's feeling so strong, like he's been following Bulletproof. But then he recently told me about a spate of injuries. He hurt his neck, he hurt his ankle, hurt his wrist, and he's in pain. And he's like, but people will tell me how strong I am. And I said, bro, if you're in pain, you're not strong. <laughs> like, we have to address these, these injuries and concerns because if you're, you're fragile in different places, it, pain is literally a neural inhibitor. 
And people don't realize that. They're like, no, I feel strong. People are telling me I'm moving strong. But actually, we've got to address those pain points for you to really be free to fully express how strong you can be and how athletic you can be. Can you, um, what, what do you mean by neural inhibitor? So literally, when uh, someone is experiencing pain, it blocks their ability to produce force. It's like, a, it's like a natural safety mechanism. The body's like, oh, your knee is sore. It doesn't want you to load it. So I'm talking in very unscientific terms about very scientific things. For you guys. Case. We could go sciencey, but we're keeping it simple for you guys. We'll, get, well yeah, also just, just because I, I think if we try and get into really hardcore into like what is pain, uh, I'm going to oh, speak a little bit out of lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in truth, um, if you're trying to produce force, and you guys would know it, right? Uh, if, if you've got knee pain, you can barely walk. How are you going to even hop or walk upstairs on that leg, right? In the same way, if you have like acute DOMS, that's when your muscles are growing and the body's saying, hey, 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 take it easy. We're still in the growth phase here. Let us heal. And then as soon as the DOMS is not there, you know, you're ready to go. But in truth, it's, there's all these safety mechanisms in the body that are going to limit you from doing what you want. And if what you want to do is continually break down your body, after t- over time, your body goes, hey, you just got to slow down, tiger. But we put in the drugs, take the anti-inflammatories, take the painkillers, drink the caffeine, do the work. And like, yeah, like it's, it's admirable in some ways, but it's also stupid in others. Like To, to push through that to pain. To push through to that pain. It. Yeah, and, and it's just one of those things that uh, the more we do it, the, we basically just keep doing it until we can't. And then we're talking to a surgeon and the surgeon goes, right, we've got all these bone fragments and uh, yeah, you're going to be off doing anything for six months. And that's when it like, it really hits home and it's, it's a scary thing. Mm. We don't want people to get to that point. No, we want to avoid that. Yeah. I mean, this is our whole message, right? Is it like there's simple things you can do that don't require hours and hours and hours in the gym each week in order for you just to uh, live a better life, avoid big injuries down the track, be more athletic, have a level of physicality that you're proud of and, you know, that is mm. constantly developing. Uh, it doesn't take a lot for you to be sort of constantly growing in this, in, uh, you know, um, down this path. So uh, I guess one thing I want to mention there when I ask you about the uh, neural piece is that for a lot of people, the, maybe this analogy or, or thinking about the hip flexion and guard playing and that kind of thing, it makes sense. So then it's easy to think like, oh, well, I just stretch it and I just like elongate those muscles or those tissues and then I'm good. Uh, stretching is not is a little bit more to it than that, but in simple terms, when we're talking about mobility and strength and stretching and all this stuff, we're really talking about training the nervous system. And so a lot of the stuff that we use in the program, and if you follow us on Instagram or the YouTube, you'll see we do a lot of mobility work. We use this word mobility a lot. Mobility is a really nice intersection between flexibility and strength. Yes. And what it does is it... it it's often uh, stretch-type positions where you're adding load and or movement, and that makes it a very active drill or an active position. And what's happening there is that you are, you're educating your nervous system on you being strong in that position that you're in. So you're telling your nervous system, I'm good here, I'm strong, and then in exchange for that, the nervous system says, okay, we can go a little bit deeper then. We can yeah. go a little bit deeper. And, and this is what this, this journey is. And so we'll, we'll, I'll, just, I'll dig in on that piece just a fraction when we talk about Golgi tendon bodies. So these are the little uh, bodyguards on how far your muscle can stretch. And if you just, just stay static, and there's a great value to static stretching, contrary to many people's chat. Um, 
But the thing is, just pulling on a muscle continually isn't necessarily the best way to achieve improved range. Um, so the Golgi tendon bodies, you, you do the static stretching and the Golgi tendon body's like, okay, that's enough. You can only go that far. And then like you're setting a neural limiter. But when you get this contract, relax, muscle goes, okay, I'm contracting, now I'm relaxing. And this is like the, the basis for like PNF, like you contract the muscle at end range and then it has to relax. Like there's a lot more range there than you just like sitting and reaching for your toes. If you're actually able to engage the hamstring and disengage the hamstring, this actually works within the natural action of uh, the nervous system and the muscle. The muscle's like, oh, a bit of load, like bit of tension, relax, bit of tension, bit of relax. This contract relax actually serves to not put the Golgi tendon bodies on high alert. So they do actually let you achieve a greater range. And like you were saying, Joe, putting, putting a degree of load at that range gets you stronger through a, a, like a much broader, a much broader, like you have much more bandwidth for taking tension. Right on. Yeah. So I think definitely that's where mobility is like really a key piece that a lot of people are not doing. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's not sexy, right? It's not mm. as sexy as like lifting weights. True. Or doing chin-ups it's or not whatever. As, it doesn't have the same satis- ego stroke satisfaction of like, yeah, I just yeah. did the big thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that said, like there is a, gr- like once you start to get the reward centers kicking in your brain for how much better your body feels after, then you do it. Yes. Yeah. And you, you know, once you realize all this other shit that we mentioned before, like it makes you better at everything else. Mm. You're like, actually, I want to do this stuff because yes. I am putting on more muscle mass. I am able to do, you know, tougher body weight movements that I couldn't do before. Take the Cossack squat. People fucking love Cossack squats. Yes, it's great. Right? Move. We post something on our Instagram of us with a barbell on the back doing some Cossack squats. People yeah. are like, that's fucking sick. Yeah. It's a mobility exercise. It's a weighted stretch. It's mm. like, cool. If you want to, you know, if you want to stretch your ankles out, stretch your inner thigh, get your, your adductors nice and um, limber, you can do this too. But it's like, it, it, and so I think that's a real, um, it shows people this is where the flexibility thing crosses into strength. Yes. And I think people now are starting to realize, actually, that's fucking, that's beast. I want to be able to do that. Definitely. And I think it's boost. It's, it's boost. Um, yeah. Like people always go, oh yeah, people who do yoga are flexible or ballet or, you know, dancers. And then people go, oh, people do powerlifting are strong. It's like, yeah. I mean, all these things are true within like a, a certain spectrum and the, the demanding thing about jiu-jitsu is you've got to be strong and you need to be flexible yeah and then also you've got to deal with the day-to-day wear and tear of someone cranking your elbow or cranking your neck and so i i think the other part that we're possibly we're just kind of on the surface of but we'll talk about now is the um is the the things that you do off the mat as as a remedy for what goes on on the mat so you know a lot of people out there all you all you hardcore grapplers whether you like to wrestle or you are a guadero is the is the posture that's kind of the second piece here is that that rounded mr burns jujitsu golem looking shoulders forward shoulders forward chest in yeah and you know as much as this might be functional um for staying close keeping arms in keeping protected uh this can lead to a lot of problems with neck pain forward head posture for all of you out there who are doing doing that desk grind you're on the computer you're a knowledge worker or people at home yeah believe that just sitting at your desk does something similar but not with the same amount of load as someone trying to guillotine you or snap you down or anything like that so man 
a great phrase that I, I learned from uh, Charles Staley, actually, uh, super nerd of the strength conditioning world. If you don't know who he is, check him out. Charles Staley, a uh, very smart guy. Um, he said the best way to counter volume is with load. So if you spend a long time with your, your head forward and your posture forward and we consider that to be a great amount of volume, a lot of hours, the best way for us to kind of fix that because we can't spend as much time back the other way is to strengthen the offside of that. And the posterior chain, pulling the head back, pulling the shoulders back, scapular retraction is a lot of stuff that we address in, in warm-ups as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the main kind of goal of, our, of the warm-ups in our program and what we teach in our gym is to get people, uh, is to address these imbalances so that then you can have a higher quality training session. You're not being held back by your rounded shoulders and your flexed upper back. You're not being held back by your tight hip flex. If we can do, undo that stuff, it allows us to access the body on a greater level. It means that your strength training is going to be better. It means your jiu-jitsu training is going to be better. So this is the same stuff that we use in our, in our warm-up routines, right? Yeah. In the program. Um, and it, it, you know, it can seem to folks like, uh, this stretch is really hard for me or this drill is really hard. And it's like, man, it is going to be really hard for a period. Yes. If, if you, if you are stuck in this position and we're doing something that pulls you out of that position, your body's going to fight against it with everything it has. Yes, that's right. For a period of time until yes. you can be consistent enough with it that you convince the nervous system. No, it's important for me to go here. Yeah, it grants you access. Yeah, it's 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 a funny thing, you know. Like when we first start jujitsu, it feels awkward and weird, but the the level of engagement on a physical and mental level is so high, we we get the bug, so we're in, and we will justify absolutely anything to get more of this thing that we love. But the principle for doing mobility and doing all this other work, which helps us, is the same as jujitsu, <laughs> even though it's not quite. It doesn't feel as much fun. We try it. Ah, oh, it feels awkward. Ah, oh, it's uncomfortable. Oh, I don't quite get it. Why should I have this in my life? It will make your life better. Um, oh, oh, I don't want to do it. It's too hard. We sound like every other jujitsu flake of all time. You know, the person who comes to one class can't quite get on board with the squash and never comes back and misses a lifetime of reward. For those of us who are so heavily invested in jujitsu and, and want to take the path to black belt or a degree of mastery, what we really need to do, like we don't have to accept being in pain, having bad posture and, and, and all these chronic things which are just accepted terms and conditions of the culture. But we do have to get a little bit uncomfortable in a good way. You know, like I, I think the thing I like that you tend to mention is about the difference between pain and discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, important to know the difference, right? Like for a lot of people, um, you ask them how something feels. Let's say we put you into that wall lunge stretch and your hip flexors are on fire and your quads. And I say, how does that feel? And you say, oh, it hurts. <laughs> a lot of people say that, right? Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, um, you know, the one I like to ask a lot is like, all right, like I'm guessing you're familiar with the, the process of childbirth. Yeah. Um, does it hurt like that does or does it hurt differently? And like, well, it hurts differently. I'm like, <laughs> would you describe it more as discomfort or a kind of stretch sensation? Yeah, that kind of hits the nail on the head. And you're like, all right. Two very different things. Pain, that's, I mean, unless you're giving birth or whatever, like something very critical that's requiring surgical intervention, pain should be avoided in strength training and in stretching and in jiu-jitsu. Discomfort is not necessarily something to be avoided. That's often a sign that you're kind of playing or working at the perimeter of your abilities yes. and that you're, you're, you're opening up new ground. Yes. Uh, so it's very important to know that difference, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think uh, the thing I'm always saying is like, look, if you get acute joint pain, 
if you're feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm tearing my meniscus or my ligament is, you know, it's usually the thing is we feel different when we're doing jujitsu because we're full of adrenaline and our bodies are elastic and we will take our body to places it probably shouldn't go because all our tissues are like basically our internal environment is like a Bikram yoga studio. You know, it's so hot. It's ready to go. We're so elastic without the sexual abuse. Uh, of course. And uh, also the, uh, the middle-aged farting. Um, but <laughs> trust me, you've been at that 6 a.m. Uh, postnatal Bikram class, there's lots of <laughs> farting, I'm just saying. I'm hoping you guys have not been there. No, don't go there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's like one of those things that like when we are doing mobility work, we're in the process of warming our bodies. We're in the process. And so there is a, there's a point at the start where it's like, oh, this doesn't feel great until you're warm and you start moving. And once you've done your second set, you've done your third set, it's like, oh, this is working. Yeah. And you just got to get through that initial first bit of discomfort to start to feel that benefit. And by the end of the session, you will feel better. Yeah. And, and we all know that on a subconscious level, but we've got to overcome that immaturity of like, oh, I don't like it. Uh, I don't want to eat my vegetables. Uh. Yeah, we need to stop being fucking lazy. Pretty much, essentially. And really, when it comes down to it, uh, you can see the difference between people who do it and people who don't. Yes. That's exactly right. I mean, people say, and you can, you can feel the difference when you roll with someone. Yes. Right? Like when you roll with someone who's mobile and strong, you're like, holy shit, this is a whole different beast. It's a problem. Because their body just goes wherever and they're comfortable. Mm. Whereas the person who's tight as fuck, maybe they can protect themselves from getting into those positions. But as soon as they get taken out of that uh. spot, they're comfortable. And yeah, like, like those people, say you're like, you're, you're mounted and you're setting up like a head arm choke on them. Yep. And like, you're like not even halfway into and the choke. And they're like, ah, oh, stop, stop. Yep. And you're like, I wasn't even choking That's you yet. A- and they're like, no, my shoulder hurts. Yes. You're like, dude, yeah. your shoulder's fucked. Yes. Like, that's not good. You no, know? no, no, no. And it, it's, it's challenging. But I, I, the thing I always say is like, if someone's incredibly internally rotated for whatever reason, benching, whatever, they're halfway kamored. You know, you don't, you yeah. don't they're kamoring themselves through their structural stiffness. And, you know, in jujitsu, I, I believe that like, from what I understand, people who are good at jujitsu usually they have a degree of intellect. You've got to study, you've got to know jiu-jitsu. And there's almost like a, a kind of intellectual superiority, like, oh, we're smart. We know jiu-jitsu. We're not meatheads like those damn strikers. Yeah. The stupid... MMA guys. God, they're meatheads. But the truth is, the MMA guys put in a lot of work to be as complete as they can be athletically. Mm. While we're just sitting in our little castles of insecurity around jiu-jitsu like oh we're smarter but we don't stretch we don't we don't lift weights that's it's it's it feels like 1962 boxing like it just feels like oh weights is cheating uh no it's not (laughs) if you look at the absolute elite level guys in the world not only are they lifting they're supplementing they're doing everything they can to have the athletic advantages you it's within your control to look after yourself and to improve the way your body moves and really, we're just trying to make it accessible. That's you know, right. That's what it comes down to. Man, we didn't get into our third point, but we're going to have to continue this episode next time anyways. Definitely. I think that's a, like a tie. We give people a tiny little piece on how the mobility piece works and the two main issues. Yes. Uh, the tight hip flexors and the rounded upper posture. Um, we didn't get into the elbows and knees, but let's hit that next episode. And I guess we can also give maybe people some practical takeaways for how they can address the hips and the upper spine. Definitely. Well, I think, that, like you mentioned at the start, getting into that kneeling wall stretch is like number one. 
If you're a grappler, it doesn't matter whether you like the top game or bottom game, that, that's number one. And then the next bit on that isn't just stretching the muscles. We've got to, we've got to reinforce and, and provide a bit of re-education for the nervous system. So we've got to get our glutes working. Doing things like a fire hydrant, a, a single leg deadlift, um, doing things which are going to create a certain amount of tension and force you to use your glute to stabilize your hip, super important to get the posterior chain working. And then when, when we're talking about the shoulders, like doing the scorpion stretch, you know, opening up to the tabletop press. Tabletop. Man. Passive hang. Passive hang. Great move. You know, we don't hang enough. And that's so good for the wrists and elbows. But then being able to uh, get our, our shoulders back and doing our um, sideline rotation. You know, that is actually, you know, engaging all through the back of the scap. And then scap push-ups. It's funny to me how much people suck at it. Yeah, and it's so good for teaching people to retract through their shoulder blades to get that that back area working, that back piece. So that's 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 the combos I like to hit. Yeah, I'm exactly the same, and they're really simple drills. You can teach them to anyone. You can teach them to your mum. You can teach them to your fucking, the, the you know to your, to your coach, but they will produce results for you until the end of time. You can find them all pretty much on our Instagram. They're all there. Yes. If you're not on the program, they're also all through our program. But, um, yeah, simple things done on a consistent basis produce the results. Indeed, you've got to do the work. Got to do the work. My man. Thank you, my bro. Thank you for tuning in, all of you out there. Cheers, guys. Podcast land, and we will see you next time. And if you need us, uh, bulletproof.bjj.com. Get at us. See you next week.